We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. This is WCBS New York, an Infinity Broadcasting Station. WCBS News Time, 10 o'clock. The final chapter in the recovery effort has been written at Ground Zero. This is WCBS reporter Rich Lamb. A solemn ceremony is 29 minutes away. A flag-draped stretcher and a steel girder are the markers in the first pages of the book, which are about to be turned. The ceremony is set for 1029, marking the moment at which the final piece of steel hit the ground at the second tower collapsed. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell continues our coverage. Peter is now overlooking Ground Zero. All right, we've had some difficulty at times of getting this line established. I know WCBS reporter Sean Adams is also live with us now. Sean is down in that uh, seven-story deep pit. Sean? I have to tell you, Wayne, uh, at this point in time, I'm starting to get a bit of a lump in my throat. Uh, this is a very powerful place, and uh, there is an energy here uh, of love uh, an energy uh, of uh, uh, enthusiasm and hope for the future, if you can believe that. Many of the Port Authority police officers with whom I'm standing right now at the bottom of the ramp uh, are reminiscing. It's like a reunion of sorts. They have gotten each other through this night after night down here to think that this was ten stories of destruction, of scorched metal and twisted steel, uh, all uh, smoldering for what seemed to be an endless period of time, and now to be standing in what was the basement of the World Trade Center. Uh, it, it, it chokes me up to look across about 50 feet and to see the path tracks, to, to think of every time that I took the train here, of every time that I rode the escalator up to the concourse, got on the subway or came out onto the street, and now the sun hitting this concrete slab uh, that hasn't seen the light of day for more than 30 years. That uh, last girder, it is uh, about 100 yards away from me right now on the back of a flatbed truck. It is shrouded in black cloth, the stars and stripes, its blanket, a bouquet of red and white roses uh, on top of it. That truck will circle around, drive on the basement floor, and come up this steep incline, this ramp. The ramp will be lined by uh, all sorts of police officers from every department, uh, firefighters, this is going to be a final tribute, uh, a fitting tribute. Uh, when you think about it, it's sort of a funeral procession. Uh, the Twin Towers had a personality of its own, a quintessential New Yorker, proud, tall, and uh, it is going to be a funeral procession now for... Uh, the World Trade Center, live at Ground Zero. Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. Sean, Rich Lamb, can you give us a sense of how big that hole is? You know, you can see it, you can see it uh, in pictures, and you can imagine it. But uh, tell us what the figures are. If, if you've ever stood on the field at Yankee Stadium and gazed up in awe, it's similar to that, with the exception of this. If you're standing on the field at Yankee Stadium, looking up at the house that Ruth built. It's a good feeling, but when you're standing here and looking up at basically what is a concrete canyon, uh, it is a very eerie feeling. Uh, you could probably fit Yankee and Shea Stadium in this hole right now. To the north, it looks like the cutaway of a dollhouse, the uh, multi-layers of the parking garages. The concrete walls on either side, there are cutouts at certain points uh, where uh, the, the, the sewer pipes uh, came in, uh, where the path trains came out. Uh, I am looking up now at is what is an incredible valley 
uh, and it has completely been cleaned in what it seems to be an amazing, short, amazingly short period of time. Sean, you were there uh, when the towers collapsed. We're going to talk to you later and uh, get some more uh, of your observations then and now. WCBS reporter Mike Zirinax is on West Street where the crowds are gathering. Mike? And the crowds uh, are definitely gathering. Uh, West Street now lined with uh, the somber faces of thousands. And it's a deeply emotional crowd that's gathering here. Many looking for closure is what they tell me. Some drawn by sheer need to be here. And then others, like Margaret, unsure of why she came. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if this is closure or not. Margaret wiping tears from her eyes as she explains to me that she thinks she's here because it's the right place to be. Yesterday, when they took the beam down, and it was yesterday that they found more bones. So there are still people there. I, I feel for the people who lost family members. They tell me they're looking for closure. They're here out of respect. Many say this day represents hope. And guys, one little girl telling me it represents hope for peace. We're live on West Street at the Ground Zero's Edge. Mike Zaranax, WCBS 880 News. And WCBS reporter Tom Kaminsky was in a chopper on the morning of 9-11, one of the very first to see what was going on, trying to piece the puzzle parts together. Tom, thinking back on that, looking at the site today, what's going through your mind? Well, Rich, uh, and when we first pulled up here, uh, Don Risley, my pilot, and I were allowed to uh, get over to uh, almost exactly the spot where we were, uh, where I was when uh, the second plane struck that south tower directly at Chamber Street. Uh, a very eerie feeling. We have been watching over the months, uh, flying by ground zero sometimes six times a day in our normal course of uh, traffic patrol and just watching the pile of debris get smaller and smaller and smaller uh, until it became the uh, the pit that uh, we are looking at currently. That ramp out of the pit at this point is empty except for the very top. That is where the dignitaries and the representatives of the New York City Fire Department, the NYPD, and the Port Authority Police Department are gathered and along that access road out of the work area that has become known as Ground Zero, that is where the large crowd of family uh, members are now gathered. West Street currently is closed down at Chamber Street. It will be closed as far north as Canal Street shortly. Live from 2,000 feet, Tom Kaminsky, Chopper 880. Going back to you as well, Tom. WCBS reporter Kelly Waldron has the unenviable task of speaking to firefighters who probably are not in much of a mood to speak right now. She's at the firehouse of West 19th in Chelsea. I'll tell you, while the recovery efforts may be winding down at ground zero, the pain and the sense of loss is just all too fresh for fire companies across the city including here at Engine Company 3, Ladder 12 in Chelsea, where firefighters lost five of their brothers. Captain Robert Norcross says days like today only bring back memories of that horrific day. It's just a constant reminder, and you, you keep saying you want to get over it, but when you have something like this, it, it brings it all back again. And uh, Maybe there'll be closure someday, but I still think it's going to be a while off. As for moving on, Captain Norcross does say the support of the community and of the city helps, but they'll never forget September 11th and the changes that have forever affected the city and the nation. We're live at Engine Company 3, Ladder 12 in Chelsea. Kelly Waldron, WCBS 880 News.
This is not political. No one's giving speeches. This is not closure. The ME's office will be matching DNA into next year. This is the formal end of the ground zero recovery, the biggest 911 call in history. And in a little more than 20 minutes, there will be a ceremony. They will be carrying an empty stretcher, the final load, a giant girder on the back of a truck, both wrapped in the American flag. This ceremony to thank the rescue workers, to remember the dead, to remember the missing, and to look to the future. You can hear in the background the sound coming from uh, Ground Zero as families are gathering there. We're now about eight minutes away from the start of the ceremony, marking the end of one chapter at the site of the World Trade Center, the recovery effort. The crowd has been gathering for this morning's ceremony. We want to go live to the scene right now and check in with WCBS reporter Peter Haskell. Paul, I'm looking down from my 10th floor perch into the vast 16-acre rectangular pit that was the World Trade Center. Thousands of victims' relatives are below me on the west side of the pit, pressing up against the fence overlooking the side there, eight and ten deep in spots. You can say 2,800 victims isn't that bad, considering how many people worked here. And maybe that's true, but for the 2,800, there are moms and dads, brothers and sisters, grandparents and grandchildren, countless lives that will never again be whole. They're gathering here at what for 1,700 families is the final resting place of their loved ones. More than 1,700 victims have never been recovered. At 1029, the final steel beam here, column 1001B, will be driven up this 512-foot steel ramp. It will be preceded by an ambulance carrying an empty stretcher in memory of those never found. Paul? Peter, you've been uh, telling us this morning how you're looking down from your perch and you're amazed by the enormity of this site now. It is four blocks in length. It is probably a good couple of blocks in width. And the entire length of the site on the west side of West Street, police officers in their dress blues shoulder to shoulder. On the east side of West Street, firefighters in their dress blues shoulder to shoulder. The entire length of the four, four blocks. And when you look down to my left, uh, to the north, a lot of those police officers are two and three deep. So there are hundreds and hundreds of police officers here, NYPD, state police, FDNY, Port Authority police. This is a, a monumental moment in what has been a very, very difficult chapter in this city's history and the chapter of so many people's lives, so many lives touched in so many very, very tragic ways. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell above uh, Ground Zero. The ceremony includes a procession from what is now called the pit. It is there we find WCBS reporter Sean Adams who joins us live. Sean? And Paul, it is eerily quiet here on the basement floor of the World Trade Center. And now we have some signs that this procession will soon begin. We have the pipes and drums from the Port Authority, the NYPD, and the Fire Department now lining up. They're getting their pipes in place. They are uh, getting ready uh, to start this off. I'm at the bottom of the ramp next to some Port Authority police officers retired who came back and volunteered their time here, spent night after night when this was a mountain of destruction, 10 stories, and now to be seven stories below ground. The driver has climbed into the rig, a yellow tractor that will pull this 18-wheeler flatbed truck that is carrying the uh, last steel girder to leave this uh, site. Uh, it will uh, be brought around a dirt and mud road and head up that ramp. He'll have to rev the engine to make it up the steep incline. Uh, and now both sides of that ramp lined with uh, all sorts of service personnel, police and fire. Some of the family members are here at the bottom. They're holding photographs of their loved ones. 
is very quiet here at the scene at this point in time. Uh, we saw something reminiscent of the funeral procession for President Kennedy. We saw a horse uh, led by a firefighter uh, in his full bunker gear, uh, and in the stirrups of that horse's saddle, uh, the boots of a firefighter put in position backwards. Paul? WCBS reporter Sean Adams there. Full, un uninterrupted team coverage straight ahead here on WCBS 880. Good morning to you. I'm Paul Bernane on WCBS. WCBS Newstime 1025, and our coverage continues now with Rich Lamb and Wayne Cabot. Paul, today we turn a page on the bloodiest attack on America in our history. September 11, 2001 is a date seared in our memories. And we all know where we were and what we were doing the moment our world changed forever. I'm WCBS anchor Wayne Cabot. And I'm WCBS reporter Rich Lamb. Not unlike December 7th or November 22nd, on September 11th, a certain innocence died a violent death. Confusion, anger, and shock rained down on a nation stunned as hijacked commercial jetliners knifed into the World Trade Center towers, the Pentagon, and punched a hole in the ground in rural Pennsylvania. Last September 11th dawned a spectacular fall day. Crisp, clean air, a cloudless blue sky, golden sunshine, then a nationwide double take as terror tore a hole in America's heart. Flame and an awful lot of smoke from one of the towers of the World Trade Center. It didn't look like there was any trouble at all with the plane. He just landed directly in the building. It's been another one, Carl. The other building. Yes, he flew right into it. Both towers burning like Roman candles. I cannot see the South Building right now. I saw the whole side of it crumble. There was smoke billowing and covering all the surrounding smaller skyscrapers. We are running north on Broadway. We are escaping an enormous cloud of dust and debris. Breaking news on WCBS 880, right here, right now. The first second, one and now the other one. The second tower of the World Trade Center has just completely collapsed. I kept saying, why can't I see? It was pitch black. I thought my eyes had been blinded. I mean, the skyline is just, you don't even feel like you're in New York City anymore. Mr. Mayor, are you hearing anything about who may have been responsible? Uh, I'm hearing rumors, but I'd rather not say anything. It will change life in this city and this country forever. Today, we mark the official closing of the recovery efforts at the World Trade Center site, now known as Ground Zero. Let's go down now to WCBS reporter Peter Haskell. Peter? And, Rich, we can see that final steel beam covered with an American flag and a bouquet, a wreath of flowers. It is surrounded by Port Authority police officers who will escort that truck to the ramp. We can also see other emergency workers there holding that final empty stretcher that symbolizes all those whose remains were never found. The Honor Guard 220 strong lining this 512-foot steel ramp as this ceremony is about to begin. And seven stories in that pit. 220 men, women, tired souls who've labored for 260 days who can't bear to walk up that ramp the last time, knowing what it symbolizes. With them, WCBS reporter Sean Adams. And right now it is very quiet, a solemn moment. The uh, Port Authority police officers here lining either side of the ramp have put on their blue hard hats. Uh, those hard hats uh, have been their standard equipment here all throughout this time of recovery. And now as it comes to an end, the Port Authority police officers in their dress blues standing on either side of that last steel girder. Think of them, if you will, as the pallbearers for this funeral procession. Uh, the last steel girder resembling uh, a more, looking a lot more like a giant casket shrouded in black. The stars and stripes, its blanket, and the yellow rig now in place waiting for the uh, appointed hour to arrive, the stretcher waiting to be carried, the pipes and drums waiting for the queue. Uh, this is a very solemn moment, a moment that many really never thought they could realize ever getting to this point. To think of this 
pile of destruction that has now been completely removed and cleared away and all done with love, dedication, dignity, and honor. WCBS reporter Sean Adams, NYPD helicopters will fly over in the missing person formation. This simple, dignified ceremony will begin without one word spoken. It will start at exactly 10.29 a.m. The time marks the fall of the last piece of steel after the collapse of the second tower. The ceremony will start with the ringing of the New York City Fire Department bell. It will ring 20 times in four sets of five rings, the traditional signal for a fallen firefighter. Okay, that was the FDNY bells, four sets of five rings, a traditional signal for a fallen firefighter. Let's go back to the scene now. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell from uh, 10 Freeze floors it. above. And right now the sea of uniformed officers here, firefighters and police officers in their dress blues saluting at the site. And at the north end of the site, this procession of that final empty flag-draped stretcher being brought toward the ramp, and again, this empty stretcher symbolizing the more than 1,700 victims whose remains were never found. There are 12 groups carrying this stretcher, representing the agencies that have been involved here. Stone silence, the honor guard on the ramp also saluting, and the thousands of victims' relatives pressed up against the fence here on the west side of the tower. We can start to hear a helicopter overhead, a very solemn, dramatic, and poignant moment as that stretcher is being borne very slowly toward the ramp. When you consider when the debris first started being removed, the ramp was made of the debris that once was the South Tower. Now this is an engineering marvel of sorts, 512-foot-long steel ramp as the procession continues perhaps now 25 or 30 feet from the bottom of that ramp. And at the bottom of that ramp, WCBS reporter Sean Adams, right there, seven stories below in that pitch, Sean. This is the moment right now. This is a very, very to remember as this stretcher, the empty stretcher with the stars and stripes in it, is brought up the ramp. It is passing me right now just a few feet of way. All the Port Authority police officers lining here are standing as straight as can be, at attention. Their elbows are rigid. Their hands are pressed to their heads in salute. They are unwavering. It's indicative of the style in which they acted here. What they did, they say they did out of love and honor and respect. And this is their final way to say to those people weren't able to find 
that they tried. One man said to me, we left no stone unturned. Started to cry and turned away. And now, nothing, no sound whatsoever except for the whir of helicopter blades above. The last girder still waiting to be moved. All the police and firefighters here standing straight, looking straight ahead, unflinching, saluting as that empty stretcher is brought to the top. And this brings back a flood of memories, of course, to think that this was 10 stories, the scorched, mangled, twisted steel, to think of the smoldering pile, the lingering smoke and fires, the bucket brigades, the winding lines of firefighters and volunteers, the intrepid rescuers risking life and limb, crawling in voids and crevices, the iron and steel workers who came in and they brought a spark of hope with their torches, the agonizing wait at the hospitals for ambulances that never came. All of those memories are flooding back now. And that empty stretcher continues its slow march up the ramp. And how fitting that at the end waiting is an ambulance. The New York Fire Department logo on the side and they will pull out onto Liberty Street. Two flags softly, softly blowing in the breeze at the top near that ambulance. And down here at the bottom, the pipes and drums waiting for their cue. And of course, that last steel girder that once held up the South Tower of the World Trade Center. Above it all, in Chopper 880, here's Tom Kaminsky. Well, uh, Wayne, we've watched this ramp get built, as Sean mentioned, from uh, the ruins of the uh, World Trade Center, and now I'm looking at that stretcher being uh, born halfway up that ramp. I can see the ambulance at the top, and just a sea of family members and uh, police and fire crews lining West Street in complete silence as that stretcher is now about two-thirds of the way up the ramp. It will be heading up to that ambulance, awaiting it at the top of that ramp. This is a gathering steeped in symbolism. You're not going to be hearing any speeches from politicians in the next few minutes. Uh, just you heard before the hollow, heartbreaking signal for the fallen firefighter, the FDNY bell. And you're about to hear the pipe drum unit, uh, Stars and Stripes, and the recovery truck carrying the Stars and Stripes beam. And the pallbearers are carrying the empty stretcher up the ramp with the various services represented in the front. We see two fire officers in their turnout coats with white fire department hats. There are emergency services and police officers and representatives of the other emergency services as well. The red, white, and blue is folded and is carried in the stretcher. They're walking at ever so slow a pace. Dignitaries standing their hands over their hearts, watching silently as that empty stretcher approaches the back of the FDNY ambulance in silence. 343 firefighters walked in, never to walk out from the World Trade Center. About half have been identified. For the loved ones and the colleagues left behind, the emotional toll is just unbearable. The best figures from fire to commissioner Nicholas Capetta, there have been more than 3,000 counseling sessions with various firefighters and their families. Columbia University research estimates 90% of New York City school children suffered some post-traumatic stress. That was six months after the attacks. And labor leaders say 600 union workers lost their lives doing various jobs that morning.
And now they place that empty stretcher in the back of the red and white FDNY ambulance. Firefighter gets in next to it. The other pallbearers standing, looking into the back of the ambulance. Now they take a step back, all saluting in unison. Now everyone on the site drops his salute. Looking at it from 10 stories above at Two World Financial Center, WCBS reporter Peter Haskell, what a sight you must be seeing. It was very dramatic and pointed as that stretcher was slid into the back of that fire department ambulance. Now those pallbearers, those on the right moving to the right side of the ambulance. The doors are being pressed closed. It has been absolutely silent here through this entire snow morning. Now those pallbearers alongside that fire department ambulance. It is near the top of the ramp. Two members getting in on either side and closing the doors. It has been stock silent here. Thousands of victims' relatives watching as the flashing lights at the front of that bus are starting to flash. And now the siren is put on, those flashing lights on top of the vehicle. And the vehicle is rolling slowly toward the top of the ramp, again with the pallbearers on either side. So many family members lost, so many families torn apart. We see folks here of all ages, elderly people, some in wheelchairs, children, some in strollers. So many generations lost, so many families torn asunder. And the honor guard still standing at attention, their arms at their sides, and seeing the police officers here, the line of blue, a four-block line of blue on the west side of West Street also standing at attention as that red and white fire department ambulance continues to roll very slowly toward the top of the ramp. Not only two towers here, but a total of six buildings. And when those two towers came down, they crushed some of the other buildings, and the debris was immense. And you think about for three months, the fires burned underground, smoke pouring out, often silhouetted against those giant spotlights in the dark of night as the workers tried in vain to recover anyone who might be alive. That ambulance now has reached the top of the ramp, and we look back and see the final steel beam, that beam that had numbers marked on it, PAPD 37, the Port Authority Police Department lost 37 officers, NYPD 23, 23 officers lost, FDNY 343 for the firefighters lost at that site. The ambulance now has reached the top of the ramp. It is still moving slowly toward West Street. It will make a, a right turn and then a right onto West Street, and the procession will continue up to Canal Street. And now the pipe drum, the pipe band coming up the ramp very slowly. The cadence being kept, the arms swinging in rhythm. The helicopters have flown by. And for an area that has been so busy with activity for so many years, very silent. And, and looking out across this crowd, there are people lined up around the entire perimeter, people up on Church Street, lined halfway up the block next to the Century 21 store. You know the people, aside from those in the front three rows, can't see anything, but they are here paying their final respects, not only to those who lost their lives, but to those who gave their efforts, their heart and soul to try to find those who might have survived and then to recover the body. And looking north, 
We can see also a huge crowd up at Murray Street. They are perhaps 10 or 15 deep there as well, looking out over Church Street and down to Broadway. People on building roofs watching silently as, again, this pipe band is now three-quarters of the way up the ramp. The ambulance has long since gone, and this very solemn ceremony is continuing. pipe drum unit, which is from the FDNY and the NYPD combined, continues to slowly march up the great ramp at ground zero. The solemn dirge of the drums echoing off the buildings which survived the 9-11 attack. Thousands of people standing in silence watching this solemn ceremony as the pipers make their way up off the top of the ramp onto level ground. Echo Taps is to be played shortly by the fire department and police department buglers and that will be followed immediately by uh, an NYPD helicopter flyover in the missing man formation. A sign at the side of the site we will never forget. Rich, so much has been made of that 58-ton steel beam, the girder that at one point supported the entire weight of that tower. Despite the cataclysmic collapse around it, it still stood, and it meant something to the people who worked down there. It meant strength. It meant resilience. Nobody wants to leave that site because there's a lot left undone. So many people not yet identified. 1,700 people. Souls not yet counted. That beam draped in a flag is moving right now on a flatbed. Final destination will be a storage area at JFK Airport and then someday perhaps used in a World Trade Center memorial. It's also known as the Stars and Stripes beam. The band now uh, has stopped. The drummers have picked up their sticks. Everybody watching now as the flatbed truck with a yellow cab, a black flatbed, an American flag waving gently in the breeze over the cab, and that large girder strapped to the back, covered in black cloth, an American flag, and a red, white, and blue bouquet of flowers. Slowly, very slowly now, making its way through the pit. I don't know if any of us can recall when an inanimate object, like a piece of steel, was revered this way, lying in state, as it were. Tom Kaminsky is in Chopper 880, looking down at all of this, Tom. Looking down and seeing just the very beginning of that tractor trailer, the yellow cab of that trailer, as it makes the right turn onto that ramp coming out of the pit. And I'm looking at people standing along West Street and also looking at people at the top of the pit standing directly beneath the sign saying we will never forget flash bulbs popping and as that girder that beam on that flatbed truck with an american flag right at the front is now making its way past 
this crowd of people just standing there in complete silence. It is about halfway up the ramp now. Time Off appears. into the distance, we could see uh, at least three to four New York City uh, Police Department helicopters awaiting their part in this ceremony, the flyby over Ground Zero. That flatbed truck uh, is going up the ramp now. It's known as the last load. Also, it's known as the Stars and Stripes Beam. It had stood straight and tall at the epicenter of chaos with millions of tons of rubble around it. It came to symbolize the enduring strength of a city and a nation unbowed by the searing events of September 11th and now the NYPD flyover. They're about to play taps. Everyone at the site saluting now. And here come the NYPD choppers in a missing man formation flyover. After the second plane hit the World Trade Center towers. Those choppers were instructed to look for another plane that they thought was on its way to New York and were told to try to get into the path of that plane and knock it down, if possible. Let's go back to just over the site now, 10 stories up. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell, what can you see from your vantage point, Peter? And Wayne, we can see five helicopters in the missing man formation just about to reach this site. It will go over the Deutsche Bank building, still covered by a black veil and a large American flag. And right now, these five choppers with a familiar NYPD blue paint flying directly over the site. The spectators are all arching their necks, looking skyward. The uniformed officers looking straight ahead. The salutes press firmly against their faces. They are not looking up. All others in the crowd are, and you can only imagine what the victims' relatives are thinking about, watching the lives of their relatives pass before their eyes as this unit continues right over the top and heads north. And they are now having their arms at their sides, 
and we will soon have America the Beautiful. 261 days ago, on a bright blue September morning, New York City was brought to its knees, but perhaps with that large girder being driven out of this site, it shows that the city has come off the canvas and come out of the pit from rock bottom at ground zero to try a new renaissance. America the Beautiful, played by the Pipers. And now we see officials still standing at attention, but police officers, con ed workers with helmets on, now walking up the ramp. The formal part of the ceremony, just about in an end. All of these men and women who have given so much of their souls, their heart, Walking past WCBS reporter Sean Adams, who right now is at the bottom of that ramp. Sean? And so now the solemn work at Ground Zero is done. It has been conducted with dignity, honor, and respect. And all of those Port Authority police officers who were here lined up on either side of the ramp have now filed into two columns, and they are marching off right behind the final load. Once the symbol of American achievement and ingenuity this place is now a monument to the American spirit. The last ounce of soil is gone. The last beam has been plucked from its secure mounting. But as that beam now ascends to its new resting place, we certainly can see the vision and hope for a bright tomorrow. We can hear applause echoing off this concrete canyon as I turn around from the bottom and look around the perimeter, the throngs of people pressed against the fences. We hear applause. The last load has been taken away. Lower Manhattan is going to be rebuilt. Left and right, face. Huh. The prospect for tomorrow buttresses hope. It gives us purpose to the arduous task ahead. There are new buildings to erect, monuments to consecrate, and memories to be honored. It is done. They are taking that beam. They are taking that empty stretcher on a processional heading towards West Street and ultimately Canal Street and WCBS Chopper 880 pilot Tom Kaminsky is watching from above. We're watching and uh, waiting to see uh, the first movements of that. The uh, 
the New York Fire Department uh, ambulance uh, is uh, has been stationary for 15 minutes at uh, its spot near Chambers Street, uh, just outside of that area. So we are uh, awaiting the flatbed tractor trailer with the beam aboard. That is going to be proceeding up to Canal Street, and then ultimately we understand across Canal Street to the Manhattan Bridge. Uh, currently, we're looking at a number of uh, a number of the spectators on West Street following the last column of fire crews and police officers and workers uh, out of the pit and following them out toward Liberty Street, and we expect that they will be processing up Canal Street as well. Canal Street shut down in anticipation of this. And among those spectators, WCBS reporter Mike Zirinex. You know, Wayne, you not only can see, but you can actually feel the sadness and the emotion of those who have gathered here along West Street, uh, some wiping their eyes with tissue, others openly crying and hugging each other. But even with all this sadness and emotion is an undercurrent of hope. I'm here outside IS-89, right on West Street. The students have placed a sign that pretty much sums up the reason for today's somber but hope-filled ceremony. Seventh grader Julia Sadkin, she does the honors. Another ending, a new... And what does this sign mean? It means that even though that the cleaning up is over, it's a new beginning for what's going to go there. And Sadkin and the other students here expressing sadness and pain for those lost in the attack, but all expressing hope for the future. For Cynthia from Brooklyn, this day is about exactly that, hope. It's, it's time to rebuild. It says something to the terrorists. Um, we can't be held down for too much longer. So it's sadness, but it's joy at the same time. It's kind of weird mixed feelings, you know? Yeah, and we all do seem to know right now. Huge crowds all along West Street, many, again, embracing each other, wiping tears from their eyes, uh, gazing down at the tragic sights, uh, all filled with sadness, all filled with hope. We're live in West Street. At the edge of Ground Zero, Mike Zarin, Axe WCBS 880 News. And they are making that last trip up the ramp at Ground Zero, watching them from 10 stories above at Two World Financial Center, Peter Haskell. And Wayne, right now the procession passing right in front of us, 10 stories down on West Street, that fire department ambulance bearing that empty stretcher, the flag-draped stretcher symbolizing those whose remains were never found, moving slowly up West Street. An honor guard, eight on either side, rescue workers, law enforcement officers, construction workers, they are astride that vehicle. And following it, that final steel beam, column 1001B from the southwest corner of the South Tower, 36 feet tall, 58 tons, covered with a black shroud, an American flag at the top end of that beam, the stars and stripes stretched out the blue field with the white stars in the upper left corner, and then a wreath of flowers right at the center, the pipe band passing in front of us, and right behind them, a long line of Port Authority police officers in their navy blue coveralls, their light blue helmets. All those victims' relatives who were facing into the pit have now spun around. Many of them are applauding. They're looking as this procession heads up West Street. Some of them are holding up photos, photos of relatives who are gone forever. And we see also at the south end of the pit, 
as the procession made its way up the ramp, there were people who were actually still throwing flowers, and it appears to be messages. They're throwing flowers and messages into the pit from the south end. And for those of a different age, they might remember when President Kennedy died in his funeral. As people lie in the streets to say a final goodbye, there are people applauding on the street, people applauding all around this site. A final goodbye as New York tries to put to rest this tragic circumstance and move on in the city's history. It brings to mind certainly two dates. No, December 7, 1941 and November 22, 1963, and now September 11th. 2001, and a roar now goes up as firefighters make their way up in this very, very lengthy procession. And this is Sean Adams back at the bottom of the ramp in the basement of the World Trade Center, listening, happily listening and smiling with all of that applause around me now, echoing in this concrete canyon. As that beam went by, I have to say, it felt as if a tremendous burden, a tremendous weight was lifted off of everyone's shoulders here. You could almost see people able to exhale. The job here, which seemed to be one uh, insurmountable, has been accomplished, and it is done. And now it is a very lonely scene here at the bottom of what was the World Trade Center. Looking up, you see a bright blue sky I see people who are looking on and applauding. I see people on rooftops looking across to the Verizon building where the face of the building was actually torn open by falling debris. The holes are still there, but you have people gathered there at those openings, gazing down and watching this historic moment. The future here certainly does look bright. There will be redevelopment. The work here will continue. This is not the end of the story. This is merely just a new chapter, a turning of the page. And we are seeing a transition. Thank you, Sean. Many of the firefighters cannot be there. If they have to fight fires, or be on call. And at one firehouse in Chelsea at West 19th Street, WCBS reporter Kelly Waldron, Engine 3, Ladder 12. Well, Wayne, mothers here who lost their heroic husbands were clutching their children. Tears are streaming down their faces, at times gasping with grief as firefighters who lost their brothers saluting the pain all too evident on their solemn faces. And while bowing their heads, the grown men dabbing the water from their eyes. Now, talking is definitely not something many of them want to do today as they remember their brothers, so many of which have not even been found. While they're searching for some sense of closure, ceremonies like these only reopen the old wounds all over again. Engine 3, Ladder 12, lost 12 of its, five of its members, I'm sorry. Captain Robert Norcross says, while the unending support has certainly helped, closure is still such a long way off. It's a day to help us be with the families. It helps us see the families once again, and I know it helps them to be around, but it's also that constant reminder as is the memorial wall, which now takes up a portion of the house with the faces of those fallen, and the plaques reminding firefighters just what they're often rewarding, but sometimes painful job is all about. We're live at Engine Company 3, Ladder 12 in Chelsea. Kelly Waldron, WCBS 880 News.
This day is an interim omega marking the formal end of recovery efforts at Ground Zero. It's a solemn moment to remember all who were killed, those trapped, those who jumped, rescue workers who died saving others, passengers and crew on the planes. It's also a moment to put an arm around those who survived. A mystic cord connecting each of us to history, tying all of us to those in the buildings on that beautiful day turned grim, seems somehow to have wrapped itself around our hearts. It reaches into hearth and home, school and workplace. To speak of 9-11 is to have a lump in your throat. The numbers cannot begin to put a face on the mass death, the mass injustice, the theft of so many souls. And empirically, we know the toll from the Twin Towers of those unable to escape, of those who rushed inside of the helpless aboard American Flight 11, United Flight 175, and it is staggering. If you were to shake hands with each of them, one at a time, one every day, it would take seven and a half years to meet them all. All 2,823 sons and daughters, fathers and mothers of so many, left behind. This day is for them. This day is for the laborers, the firefighters, the police officers, the people at Point Thank You on West Street holding those cardboard signs. This is a day for any of us who ever wiped a tear, mournful of the unbearable loss, proud of what it means to be a New Yorker, to be an American. When the day is over, our new lives continue, lives hurt by love lost, by our city attacked, by the dull, achy, almost nauseating reminder every time we see the skyline we can never quite get used to. For many who worked the 10-story tall pile and later the seven-story deep pit, it is a life of illness, dizziness, coughing, and wondering about all that asbestos, all that dust, all that stress. Nearly 400 laborers are still symptomatic months after stopping work. Police sergeants working at Ground Zero at the morgue and at Fresh Kills with skin irritations, breathing disorders, eye problems, urinary tract infections, sick stomachs. All that hurt and heartache, and somehow the result has been strength. The sun has set 260 times since that morning. It has risen 261 times. We look to Lincoln to help us framework this ceremony at what has become the hallowed ground of the World Trade Center site. At Gettysburg, Lincoln said, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Amen. This is WCBS, New York. West Street now lined with the somber faces of thousands, and it's a deeply emotional... We all know where we were and what we were doing the moment our world changed forever. The ringing of the New York City Fire Department bell, the traditional signal for a fallen firefighter. whatsoever except for the whir of helicopter blades above all the police and firefighters here standing straight looking straight ahead unflinching saluting i could see the ambulance at the top and just a sea of family members and police and fire crews lining west street in complete silence and right now these five choppers flying directly over the site the spectators are all arching their necks, looking skyward, the uniformed officers looking straight ahead.
On a morning of emotion here in New York, WCBS 880, WCBS News Time 1104. Good morning. I'm Paul Murnane. It is done now. An emotional, somber ceremony marking the end of Ground Zero recovery. You've been listening to our live coverage here on WCBS 880. We're going to continue our coverage now for you this morning. Our first stop is Chopper 880 and high above this morning, Tom Kaminsky. Well, Paul, it was an interesting phenomenon to watch as uh, the crowd of, of family members and, uh, and spectators uh, were standing on West Street as the uh, final beam, as the girder made its way up the ramp and then made its way out onto Liberty Street to begin the procession, we watched the entire crowd surge away from the pit over to the west side, and we are now watching them come off of uh, the platform where they had been standing and filing behind that one ambulance and that flatbed tractor trailer with the last beam out of ground zero. They will be making their way up Canal Street. So in one sense, the ceremony itself is over, but the public portion of this is still continuing. In fact, now we're looking at people on rooftops still watching this procession as it makes its way very, very slowly up West Street. We're 2,000 feet over Head, Tom Kaminsky, Chopper 880. This is Peter Haskell, live 10 stories above West Street. The procession is continuing with the Pipe and Drum Corps and the firefighters who are leaving this area right now. And for so many of the family members, some of them are leaving, but many are staying here. The procession is over. It is almost like they don't want to give this up. I can see one man holding a photo high over his head someone that he lost, someone close to him, and when you come right down to it, this is about the people, those who lost their lives, those rescue workers who gave their lives, those who toiled to find the victims, to find their remains, to make New York City whole, and that is what it's about. Just as on September 11th and 12th and the days that followed, thousands lined West Street to say thank you today again. Thousands are lining West Street to say thank you to the uniformed officers, the rescue workers, the iron workers, construction workers, heroes all working to make this city whole. And again, so many of the victims' relatives still standing, some gazing into the pit, wondering perhaps what might have been in the lives of their loved ones. And we can see some firefighters also watching perhaps longingly into the pit where 343 of their brothers lost their lives. At the end of that formal procession, we saw a riderless horse, a chestnut-colored horse being led by a firefighter. That was the tail end of the procession. In front of that horse, Mayor Bloomberg, former Mayor Giuliani and Governor Pataki, and still many here applauding as this procession continues. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell reporting live. More now from the scene. WCBS reporter Sean Adams. Sean? And, Paul, now uh, I am walking up the ramp, actually. Uh, the ceremony here is done. The uh, last load has been taken out, making my way up the ramp. Uh, and uh, in a moment that I find to be truly touching, many of the family members standing on the edge observing this somber ceremony uh, instantaneously broke out into applause after it was done. And many of them uh, with purple lays, they have flowers around their necks. And almost on cue, after the beam was lifted out of here and brought out onto West Street, uh, many of them took off those lays and they tossed them into the pit. One final gesture. And as I turn back now on the lip of Ground Zero and gaze down the ramp and look into the hole, I see a place that is forlorn. I see a job well done. I see uh, the last uh, uh, evidence 
uh, of, of, of what was a terrible, awful day in September. And I also see a new beginning, a clean slate, a fresh page, a place to start again. And that will be the next phase. Live at Ground Zero, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. And, Sean, thanks. Thanks to all our reporters this morning and Wayne Cabot and Rich Lamb for our live coverage you've been listening to here on WCBS in New York. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.